Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit Lions, NFL insider. He's standing by on the Meyer guest line. And Jeremy, you know, I was going down the checklist of the drama stories we're getting all across the NFL and what an offseason is like normally to be a Lions fan. But as I mentioned, my only question mark with this team going in right now, and I know we're only in early February, is that do they have a quarterback if golf went down that could help them win games? That, that's how that's how strong this rebuilding process has been, which is still inside the procedural movement uh, by that front office and by Campbell. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's kind of nice to have a, a low drama offseason um, by, by, by Lions standards and really by any NFL team standards where, you know, the, the biggest drama is, is are you going to lose this coach? Are you going to lose that coach? And, and so far, the Lions have done a pretty good job being able to retain most of their guys. I know you're just talking about Aaron Glenn, but it looks like he's out of the Arizona job. He might still be in the mix of the, the Colts job, but who isn't still in the mix for that Colts job? And um, you know they they lose Deuce Staley, but they they filled a, his spot today with a with a guy Scotty Montgomery who uh, looks like a pretty pretty darn good hire and a, a well coveted coach. So yeah, I think I think it's nice to have kind of a a chill off season for a franchise, especially with the way the season ended. To know that they're in a good spot to really pick up from where they left off. If you had to list right now where we sit on concerns connected to this franchise on and off the field. How would that list start and end? Well, I think you have to start on defense, right? Uh, I think the secondary is, is still a pretty major concern. And, you know, they're going to have resources, like you were saying there, to to fix it. Um, but, you know, plugging in a rookie necessarily isn't necessarily something that's going to fix things right away. Um, we have seen, you know, rookie cornerbacks make uh, an impact as of late, whereas, you know, a few years ago it was thought of as a position that takes a couple of years to develop. But still, if you're if you're relying on a rookie, even a highly drafted one to kind of make a huge impact and come in with like a, a pro bowl type of season. It, it's more rare than you think. So um, secondary, I think they, they need to beef up the, the interior of their defensive line. Um, I think, I think there's, I mean, there's a long list of guys I think they need to retain um, at the top of that list is, is probably guys like Jamal Williams, um, maybe DJ Chark as well. Um but but in general, I think yeah, I, I think it's kind of like it's the filling out the depth, right? It, it's the making sure you have all the people in the in the rotational roles. It's it's having your backup quarterback. Um, so it, you know, it's kind of a scattered list, but there really aren't huge like circles they have to square. It's pretty much to me like the biggest thing they have to figure out is that cornerback position. They might need two. Um, other than that, it, I think it's just it's just kind of normal depth filling that you see in pretty much every offseason. What about the backup QB situation? Uh, and I mentioned that before I came to you and Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit. I will tell you how to get a hold of him, Twitter, and also online in a moment. Talking Lions offseason and the NFL I'll get a Super Bowl pick uh, in a moment. Uh, but the backup QB, about the only thing in my mind that Boyle and Campbell have missed on uh, uh, was Boyle. Uh, it would be, you know, in terms of uh, for Holmes. And Campbell missed on was Boyle. That's about it in my mind. Yeah, and and I I think honestly you you can forgive them a little bit for that because backup quarterback wasn't that big of a priority at the time. You know they they've been cap strapped a little bit the first two years and they probably just didn't view it as that important of a of a priority at the time because the team wasn't expected to really compete that much. And and yeah, like sure you obviously want to cover your back and, and make sure someone can come in there and, and help. But um, I th- I think it was maybe smarter for them to invest in, in other positions to see if uh, 
they could have kind of a long-term guy that, that can play a, a more important role than, than necessarily a backup quarterback. Now, obviously, they also got very lucky in the past two years. Goff has been relatively healthy. I think he's only missed two or three games over the two years he's here. But, yeah, I think now you're at a point where, like you were saying, like this is a team that's expected to compete, maybe even win the, the division next year. And so now you need to – now you have to be serious about that. And would it have been nice if they had already had figured that out and they can just kind of roll with their two quarterbacks, whoever they got now? Yeah. It would be nice. Um, we don't really know anything about Nate Sudfield. We don't know if he'll come back or not. But, you know, there's again, now there's an opportunity to draft one either early or late, and uh, there'll be some guys on free agency that I think they're going to look at. But, yeah, I think I think that they're going to take it a little bit more seriously than, than they did in those first two years. And But I think you're also right that it was a miss. I think they thought Boyle was something that he wasn't. One thing, though, uh, Jeremy, I, like I said, I've uh, been a Lions fan all my life and to have an off season where there's no drama – and the only question about the team, and I get the corner, and, and I think Sauce Gardner gives everybody a lot of hope that uh, that high at six possibly, if there is a corner, or at 18, you can find somebody who can step in and start maybe not to the level of Sauce, but just give you enough to take away that side of the field every so often, especially when you look at who's going to be your main competition, and it will be Minnesota and with their receivers, yep. especially uh, Jefferson. But to have only this conversation – about one negative right now, at least, and there's a lot of time for drama before training camp and the start of the season. That that says something about Holmes and Campbell, what they've done, and also the hands-off approach by Sheila Hamp. Yeah, no question. I mean, I think you really have to give a lot of that credit to, to Brad Holmes. I mean, I, I think last year at this time we were looking, and it was hard to find a position that wasn't wasn't needed to have you know several resources um, thrown at it, and and now and now you're, yeah you're, you're kind of like okay well now you, you're kind of starting to get things figured out on on the defensive line. You, you got a couple guys at the linebacker position that you couldn't rely on. You probably have both your starting safeties already figured out. A wide receiver, which was a disaster in year one for this regime, is suddenly a huge strength. And and yeah, like now you just kind of have to nitpick and be like, okay, they probably need to get someone there and someone there, and then that's a great place to be in, especially when you have all these draft assets, because then you can just go best guy available. Just go with the best guy that's going to give you four plus years in Detroit and hopefully a second contract in Detroit. And that's where you want to be as a franchise where you can just get players and you don't tie yourself to needs because that's, that's really the best way to hit, hit a draft out of the park is just don't over-focus on a position and, and get a guy that, that that's going to be a tent pole of your, your organization for years to come. Uh, speaking of potential players for years to come, uh, any word out of Mobile, Alabama on your end, what you're hearing, guys that stood out that are perfect fits for the Lions who maybe can contribute early in their career? Any names? Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't go down there this year, so I, I'm, I'd have to just kind of rely on reports coming from, from other people down there. But, um, gosh, what was that guy's name? The uh, uh, the guy at Northwestern, the defensive lineman, I, I don't know how to say it. It's like Adibo Ware. Um, he's a guy that I know impressed a lot of people, and he's a guy that can kind of play any of those positions along the defensive line, and, and that's, you know, the lines like to move their guys around. So he can play in the inside, he can play on the outside. and to, to He's like a really good run defender on the edge, and then, you know, on those passing downs when they like to put edge rushers on, on basically every part of the line, um, he's a guy that can slide in and do that. 
Um, I think the running back that, that made the most noise, and, and that might be kind of a long-term need, especially with DeAndre Swift entering the final year of his contract, uh, Ty J. Spears out of Tulane. He's a guy that made a lot of noise down there from what I heard, and, and he's kind of that two-way player where he can also catch a lot of passes in the same way that Swift can and um, maybe a little bit more aggressive between the tackles than Swift is. So um, those are kind of the two guys, one on each side of the ball, that, that I've heard the most about. But again, this, that's kind of based on other people's uh, observations more so than my own. Maybe they'll be good enough that they could get to the Pro Bowl and run through styrofoam blocks or play flag football. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. That's a I, dream I, I now. That's where the Pro Bowl's headed. Yeah. <laughs> it scares me because if the NFL sees crowds in the flag football, I'm, I said this earlier, and, and I'm not, I'm not going off the deep end. That there, if, if they see interest in flag football, think about you're the NFL, okay? Think about a spring season. I'm being honest here. That wouldn't have a lot of injuries outside of occasionally you'll get the knee blown out uh, in flag football. But if they had an NFL, almost what high school does when they do seven-on-seven leagues during July against other schools getting ready for their regular season, that you would put your rookies in something like that, that they would uh, play uh, in, in leagues, which the NFL Network could televise. I don't think it's crazy to think that they're going down that path. I don't. Yeah, that, I mean, that'd be a, the toughest sell there is, is on the NFLPA, right? They'd have to obviously agree to something like that, and it'd be really hard to get them on board considering, I think, how long some of these players need to, to rehab and, and get better. And right. I know you said with some of those are with the rookies, but I, I would say, like, if, if flag football catches on, like, I wouldn't put him by it to like make it a second type of league, you know, a developmental type of league. They, right. Obviously, you know, everyone is trying to figure out that we got the XFL coming in, in a month, I think, and the USFL is coming back a little bit after that. So clearly they're, they're trying to find out if there's a market for spring football and if flag football is one of those, and then maybe I, I kind of doubt people would get that excited for flag football. I haven't really seen hey, man, I'm with the Pro Bowl, but, but, um, but I don't know, like there, there's, there's I think I think it's clear that people in charge think there's a viability for spring football, and so I don't know if that is the USFL, if it's the XFL, if it's uh, if it's some sort of a you know weird version of, of football, whether it's flag football or, or, or something else. But um, yeah, they're going to keep trying and, and figure something out, and maybe this maybe this served as kind of a testing ground for that. Well, I'm really shocked, and I know the NFL, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago was really close to buying arena football and having that be not their stars, but their rookies and create more of a depth and a true minor league system, which right now college football is the NFL's minor league system. But then you have guys who are done with college. If they can't make an NFL roster, there are some spots around the world internationally for really low minor league level football, and you get the XFL, which you mentioned, and USFL, and you know they'd be crazy not to not to have a true minor league system uh, with all the TV network uh, money out there, including all the subscription services, and provide quality football that ha- would have the NFL spring. Just would be, you know, I know they've tried NFL Europe and other things, but uh, man, just do it here, do it, do it in cities that would buy the franchises. You know, have Grand Rapids be uh, NFL spring, and their team would. Uh, you find a college stadium that seats 10,000 and they play and they draw and your shield and the Lions brand is out there. And Chicago puts a team out in Rockford and uh, Green Bay puts a team in, you know, Madison or some other place. And 
It's a no-brainer with all the TV money out there right now, and it just creates more chances for guys to play football. Yeah, and and you have to imagine that could potentially make the NFL better, right? If you give all these guys that otherwise wouldn't have had a chance to put out tape or, or, you know, just get the reps, get the practice, um, get their ability to to develop as a player, um, those guys will eventually make it to the NFL. And and deeper roster means better football even when injuries eventually come because if they're going to continue to add games to the schedule and – it feels like an 18th game is probably not that far behind. Well, then you're going to deal with more injuries and you're going to meet, need a bigger pool of better players. And a developmental league is, is exactly the, the way you, you combat that. And what you do is you do it after the draft. Uh, you have a, a June, July league, uh, right? Uh, you know, maybe sure. third week of May, maybe three weeks after the draft, they get a training camp, mini training camp. You do a schedule that's six, eight games with a championship game. And then those uh, the teams and the players, some will be eligible uh, to make uh, NFL training camps. Others will just wait around and maybe play the following season. And you get TV coverage and you're ramping up right up till the biggest thing in America, the NFL. It's a no-brainer in yeah. my mind. Yeah, I think, I think the biggest challenge is just is being able to put all that together in, in a short period of time and still get quality football, right? Because with, with the NFL, you have OTAs, you have mini camp, you have training camp, you have months and months of preparation for each league. You're talking about fast tracking this from you're, you're not drafted to you're on the team and playing in a game, you know, a month later. Um, so you know it, it'd be a big challenge to the coaching staff, and and um, you know maybe you're not putting the players in the best position to succeed, but you're getting them out there on the field, and I think that's probably what's most important. Well, you're, it's like AAA, AA baseball, we'll say, or the G League basketball. Sure. Those players freely move because you have you know you know fifteen, yep. sixteen NBA roster spots. It's different than football. So football, you have your what is it, up to 54 now with the practice squad, whatever it is, the number, 56, yeah. whatever the number is. So these guys necessarily won't be going from playing two months of you know NFL uh, spring to right to a training camp. Very few guys probably off that roster get a training camp invite. It's just uh, more promoting the brand, more the teams all having a, a true AAA, which then promotes ticket sales and their brand and – you you have a feeder system. That's it. That's beyond college. Yeah, and I think I think that's the two main things. The two biggest advantages are is one another source of revenue, and I don't think the NFL would ever turn down that if they if they view it as viable. And then yeah, is is being a, an NFL feeder system. Like I said, that's something that the league has certainly been missing. And I've always thought that NFL rosters in general are, are too small in general. You know, you got fifty three, and then the fourteen or sixteen. I'm not sure what the the, the practice squads are at now, but you know, 60, 70 guys, it sounds like a lot, but I think, I think they need more at this point, especially with how high the injury rate is, especially with, um, you know, the, the, the schedule increasing. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It, it's been way too long for, for the NFL to find some sort of viable B league for them. Um, and, and now, now whether it's, you know, any of those options we just ran through, I think, I think it's finally getting to a point where um, they're probably going to find something. And I don't know which one they'll invest in, but uh, it's coming. And colleges have, what, 85 scholarships, the NFL, with the billions yeah. they make. You could classify 25 more guys as, uh, you know, 30 more guys as a level two roster. So their money is different. They get two-way yeah. contracts like you see in hockey and other sports. And the NFLPA gets more... It gets more of a base where the level two guys won't vote. I had, and now Apple and uh, everybody, Amazon and people who would 
You could brand players. You could grow. You can watch them. You have video. You have other fan interest in other locations uh, that uh, creates excitement that, hey, they're the AAA for the Lions or the AAA for the Jets. They're, they're The next stop is the NFL, just what they do with the AHL and hockey and what they do with the G League and basketball and what they do with AAA baseball. Uh, I know they've looked at college, which would still be their feeder league, but you're increasing opportunities, let's say, 30 more guys a team times 32. That, that's not a lot of bodies you're adding to the yeah. pool. It's not. Yeah, it's like... Thousand? Yeah. It's about a thousand, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not a lot. I know you can say, well, if each guy level two player makes 50 grand a year, right? And and then do they get into the NFL level one, which would be the, you know, 54, then you get practice money. Or after that, you get, if you make the uh, NFL roster, you get the NFL PA uh, minimum, or they give you a better deal. I, it's just, it, it's an easy move, and there's so much money out there uh, right now. So we'll see what happens. Jeremy, good conversation, my man. Before I let you go, what's your pick Sunday, Chiefs or the Eagles? I got to go with the Eagles here. It just They seem to have the better top-to-bottom roster. They're they're better on defense, which obviously I think is going to play kind of significantly into this one. It does feel like sometimes the, the best defensive team uh, wins the games this deep into the season, even though this is very much becoming an offensive league. And uh, and they're healthier, too. Obviously, the, the Chiefs have some injury stuff they're going through. So Eagles is my pick. I, I do expect it to be a really good game, though. By the way, you can follow Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit uh, at Detroit Online, L-I-O-N, and also prideofdetroit.com. Jeremy, wonderful conversation. Have a great Monday night. Hey, I appreciate you having me. You as well.